Hey, Glassers. It's the best time of the year for Reading Glasses listeners. What time is it? It's, it's maximum, maximum fun, fun drive, drive time. Woo-hoo. Time. <laughs> hot, hot drive tip. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory, uh, first of all, what is maximum fun if people don't know? Uh, so that's our network. It is the group of people who make it possible for reading glasses to exist. Yeah. Maximum fun is the the oven to our cake. <laughs> yeah. Mac- and just so you know, Max Fun's business model is artist owned, audience supported. That means when you become a member, which this is the time to do it, you're directly affecting our ability to continue this show, uh, as well as Max Fun's ability to plan for other future shows, which we love the other shows on Maximum Fun. We want there to be more. Yes, and so what they do is they pay for the space in the magical clouds somewhere in the world, floating over the, the ocean, wherever it may be, where the podcast lives. Uh, you know, they have a staff that helps us with problems, find us, finds us advertisers, generally keeps things going for us. Mm-hmm. And every year, once a year, we have a big drive, and it's the best time to sign up as a MaxFun member or to upgrade your current membership. So go to maxfun.org join for more info and stay tuned to our breaks to hear all the fun stuff we're cooking up. We we, of course, have our own goals. We, you get all sorts of cool stuff from Max Fun, so stay tuned and listen to that in a minute. You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode... Ooh, it's a Max Fun Drive episode, and we're tackling one of the wow, big- Wow, wow. It's so exciting. Uh, we're tackling one of the biggest questions for readers, uh, and I cannot believe we haven't done an episode on this, that it is really- Yeah, yeah, we, we've, we've answered like little bits of it here and there, but we've never focused the full laser beam of reading glasses on this. All right, the laser beam is pointed, and the question is, how do you decide what the hell to read next? <laughs> but first, what are you reading, Bria? I am listening to, I'm getting a lot of use from our Libro FM. Uh, um, <laughs> I love it. I, uh, I really do love it. Account. Um, I am listening to a book called Women and Other Monsters, uh, Building a New Mythology by Jess, by Jess Zimmerman. Um, oh, I, I've heard of this. I can see why. I If people have... Uh, People who like your book, I think, would dig this. Um, It is, I I don't know that much about Greek mythology. And basically, um, she goes through and talks about the female monsters within Greek mythology and um, tries to sort of reclaim them. Um, And then it's a lot of personal stories from her own life where she's like, um, personal stories from her own life, but uh, also stories from, like, what's happening right now. So, like, how how is Medusa relevant to right now? How are harpies relevant to, like, things that are happening in the news currently? It's a very current, very, very current book on feminism um, and stuff that's happening in, in feminism and intersectional fem- feminism. Um, and then also just a lot of stuff from her own life. You learn a lot about Jess Zimmerman throughout this book, which I really enjoy. And it made me realize, I think one thing I really enjoy in an audiobook is a memoir. I like a memoir or an essay collection. Does she read the audiobook? Uh, no, actually. I don't think she does. No. Um, but it's, it is really great. I, I don't, I, again, know almost nothing about Greek mythology. It is not something I ever studied. And this has been like, it's a nice refresher for that. It's also sort of a nice like recap of like what has happened to <laughs> within like the women's movement in the past like 20 years. Like it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really great. I really like the reader as well. Uh, what are you reading, Mallory? 
I am reading a book I'm pretty sure you told me to read. Um, because I think you texted me and you were like, Ma- Mallory Wheelhouse Alert. Uh, it is Milk Blood Heat by Dontiel Moniz. Dontiel W. Moniz, I should say. Um, because it's a Florida book. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a collection of short stories that all take place in Florida. And I'm pretty sure you texted me and you were like, Florida book alert. And I was <laughs> like, oh, yes. Love a book set in Florida. And I do love this. It is the literary collection. It's not genre. Um, it is so it's a very like beautiful, raw sort of um wrenching like this is not like a bunch of stories about you know puppies that that become friends with foxes like a lot of some of the the uh stories are like they talk about violence and like you know like these deep intimate portraits of like horrifying events or people that are really going through it um when it comes to to racism and like figuring out their own lives and um forgiving things and family um so it's an intense collection but it's it's very much like florida you know it's very intense it's very uh sweaty hot okay. yes <laughs> lots full, of bugs full snakes and bugs <laughs> um but it's fantastic seriously it is if you are someone who loves a short story collection i think this is maybe going to be one of the best short story collections of the year it's very buzzy um and if you are a book club kind of person i know roxanne gay just did a um roxanne gay does a new like a book club in her newsletter and they just did this book so if you are interested in reading it and like seeing what roxanne gay has to say about it this is a a a perfect book to check out uh so that is milk blood heat by dantiel w moniz and mine is women and other monsters building a new mythology by jess zimmerman So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Virginia wrote in with another important bookmark parameter. And before I write, I, I, I say what Virginia wrote in, I am very excited about the people who have emailed us who with uh, they have taken their bookmarks and scored them based on the parameters we oh, talked about in our wow. book, recent bookmark episode. Wow. I am wow. living for it. <laughs> Love it. But Virginia uh, brought up another important per- parameter, which is sentimentality. Oh. Uh, so Virginia says, my fave bookmark is falling apart, but my niece got it for me on a trip to Yellowstone and I can't bring myself to stop using it. Aww. This is definitely a factor. It, it totally is. It is. And it's not one you can measure. You know, you can't, you can't bring out the ruler and do the, the measurements. <laughs> yeah. Um, very it's just, you have to measure with your heart. It's true. Um, And this is perfect because Morgan wrote in and said, I keep meaning to send you my bookmark feedback. Then I forget. And then I assume it's too late to be relevant any longer. Clearly, however, the bookmark topic is timeless for Reading Glasses fans. So here goes. I got married last fall in a COVID elopement. Congratulations. And I absolutely adored my bouquet. I pressed the flowers from it after the wedding and I couldn't think of what to do with them. Enter the laminated wedding flower bookmark. What better way to... Wow. That's really great. What better way to make a certain to make certain a reader will see something often than to put it in their book? I love that. That's so cute. I purchased this a, is genius. I purchased a laminator for my office a few weeks ago because laminating is incredibly satisfying, which we know. Uh, so I borrowed it for a few days, and voila! Not only does this bookmark score high marks on the criteria of rigidity thickness, stamina, durability, aesthetic, length, and environmental factors, it knocks out, it knocks it out of the park on sentimentality. Wow. Something we didn't consider when we were writing bookmarks on things like rigidity. Morgan, thank you. We're going to post this photo on our Instagram. So thank you, Morgan. uh, So everyone can see this is a great idea. We love this. 
Yeah, this is, um, to describe it for our listeners, oh, yeah, this is a good-looking bookmark. <laughs> High marks on this bookmark. You know how, like, people get into, like, cars and stuff, and they're like, ooh, that's <laughs> a good-looking car. Like, bookmarks is, like, you know, the very, like, the cheap version, the, in- the indoor version Slap of Slap on the side of the bookmark. This baby has been in a lot of books, let me tell you. <laughs> Uh, so you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Before we help you decide what to read next, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, everybody. You know, when the pandemic started, so many people reached out to us and it made us think a lot about community. People were really worried about this uh, since they know that Mallory and I both work in the entertainment industry. And our community, and that's you, has been so supportive throughout this past year and we really appreciate it. And we are asking you to keep that support going. So do you both love reading glasses and want to help make sure we can keep making it every week while feeding our cats and ourselves? That's not both. That's like three things. It's like love reading glasses, feeding cats, (laughs) feeding selves. (laughs) Feeding reading glasses. Do you want to feed reading glasses? Signing up for a monthly Maximum Fun membership supports Reading Glasses and helps us make sure we can create the show every single week. There's a huge range of support levels from as low as $5 a month. That's like buying your friends, me and Bria, a cup of coffee every month so we can continue to make the show. Or a cup of hot Cheetos, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Uh, A a cup of M&M's. A nice whiskey for Mallory. A nice No, that's cheaper than a cup of whiskey. Oh, that's true. A decaf tea for me. Please. Thank you very much. (laughs) It is that exciting time of year for us, and it's an exciting time of year for you. For you, listener. We know there are many, many, many worthy causes out there, and particularly right now there are many. And we know some of you are not in a financial position to become Max Fund members, and we understand that. But if you are in a position to invest in this show, we really appreciate you supporting our ability to make it. You're supporting all the folks you can't give right now, too, but they're still finding comfort in the show. So if you can support... We're going to tell you about all the fucking really cool gifts that you can get get, and all the cool shit we have planned. Mallory, let's talk yes. about the gifts for the people. What do people get yes. if they give to Maximum Fun this year? So aside from all the sentimental stuff, which I know if, you, if Reading Glasses was a bookmark, it would probably rank high on sentimentality for <laughs> lots of folks. But what's cool about Maximum Fun Drive is all the good stuff it does for us, but it gets you a lot of cool shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first, a personal Reading Glasses thank you. If you sign up at any level and you send us your receipt, you email it to us, us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com and you send us your wheelhouse, we're going to send you a personal book recommendation yes. from us. Yes. And in fact, if you do it before the end of the drive, we're going to do a couple of nights where we're going to do live recs on Instagram. So you may be in those live live recommendations um, or we can email it to you. We might email it to you as well. But either way, you're going to get a personal recommendation from me and Mallory. And if you sign up at just $5 a month, you get access to our official Reading Glasses Slack channel. Wow. It is pretty bumping in there. And we have a really good time talking with listeners about what we're all reading and all kinds of bookish stuff and book problems. And uh, there's tons and tons of different cool threads of like, ooh, uh, advanced books that are coming out or book to screen adaptations. And it's just super fun. It's my favorite place on the internet. It is awesome. Yeah, we started it last year during the fun drive and it's been really fun and it's been building, which is great. And we love it because we get feedback from you there. 
there. You can ask us questions about um, about the show. We can ask you about future show topics. Um, and then we also get to like hear about your favorite snacks and see pictures of your animals. And all you have to do to join that is that's only $5 a month at MaximumFun.org slash join. Um, just send your proof to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com when you join, and we will send you uh, a link to that uh, Slack channel. You can come and hang out with Mallory, me, and the whole Reading Glasses community. Yeah, and this is very important. So you to get to get access to the Slack channel, this is not through Maximum Fun. This is through us personally. So to get access, you have to send your proof of being a Maximum Fun member that supports Reading Glasses to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, but Mallory, what else do they get? What else if they give $5 a month is amazing. But if you want to go higher than $5 a month or you want to upgrade that membership, what do you get? Yeah, this is just the tip of the reading glasses iceberg, folks. <laughs> so if you join or upgrade to $10 a month, you get the exclusive Max Fun Drive 2021 reading glasses pin. Woo! We're so excited. This year, we finally decided to do just like a straight up reading glasses oh. pin. It just looks like our logo with a stack of books and our name. It is fucking adorable. If you like are just the kind of person, I love getting pins from podcasts that I like. And finally, this is the kind of pin that like is not an inside joke or anything. It just shows your love of reading glasses. It's so cute. It is very cute. Um, at $20 a month, you get Maximum Fun is like put together this thing called Max Fun Take a Minute Tea Kit. It is very adorable. It's a custom tea tin with beautiful art by Atomic Pixies, um, a rocket shaped tea infuser, so cute, and a special custom Max Fun blend of tea from our partners at Wishes Tea. Um, it is adorable. This is such a good gift for, uh, for you as a Max Fun listener, but also it could be a gift for somebody else if they're a fan of Max Fun. Um, and this is only 20 bucks a month, which is, you know, maybe a lot for some people, maybe nothing for other people. Maybe you you were spending that much money, I don't know, uh, on Poshmark, like some of us who are talking right now every <laughs> month. Uh, so, so you Or know, you Etsy. Can, or Etsy. You can instead uh, get this really cute tea kit, which is totally adorable. And we'll post photos up on our Instagram so you can see what the hell we're talking about. So also at $35 a month, uh, and along with all the reading glasses perks, you get an awesome Maximum Fun insulated cup to keep that tea from your minute tea kit warm oh, yes. or your coffee or maybe just hot water if, you know, that's what you want to drink. Whatever hot thing you want to drink, maybe a hot toddy secretly so the people in your Zoom meeting don't know that you're, you need to drink to, to, to have it to, to deal with your coworkers. Yeah, and there's many more levels. So you can... We're going to stop there at 35, but you know, if you want to give 50 bucks a month, if you want to give 100 bucks a month, this is the kind of stuff that su sustains us. It keeps our show going. It allows Mallory and I to continue to do the show. Without this, there's no way we continue doing reading glasses. We love it, but it is very time consuming. It is a job for us. This is yes, how we get paid for we this job. We probably spend 20 to 30 hours a week on reading glasses. And if you think about it, I mean, maybe maybe $20 or $10 a month sounds like a lot, but we put the show out every single week. Mm -hmm. So that is, divide that by four. And, you know, that it is all of the making of the show, all all the little things that we do, technically editing, writing, finding guests, figuring out show topics, answering all the fan mail, putting up things on all of our social media. It's a, it's a job. And we, it, it really means the entire world to us that our listeners are, uh, want to support us and help us keep going. Yeah, so if you've joined or upgraded already, we realize it's Thursday. The Maximum Fun Drive has been going since Monday. If you've already done it, thank you so much. Uh, if you are ready to do it now, if you're just now hearing about this, if you're like, what? Maximum Fun Drive? I gotta join. 
go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Uh, that's where you go. And then send us, let us know you joined. Send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com so we can give you a personalized recommendation and send you the link to that Slack channel. So you can tune into our next show break to hear the personal goals because you know we're going to do some pretty wild things. Oh my God. Uh, one of the goals we're doing this year is probably the most ridiculous thing we've ever done. And that includes <laughs> me having to watch a bunch of Veggie Tales from last year. Yes. This is pretty intense this is really Um, intense stay tuned you got to listen to the next break because we're going to tell you some really amazing things we're doing so that's maximumfun.org slash join that's maximumfun.org slash join this week It's often the toughest thing to decide for a reader. What do you read next? Out of your giant TBR pile, what do you pick? The newest release? What's due at the library? The book that's getting adapted into a movie soon? That novel your friend has been bugging you to read? Out of all these books, how do you choose? Wow. This is tough. Um, After all these years of making reading glasses, we've concluded that most readers fall into one of two categories. Right, Mallory? Yes. So people, there's two kinds of people, people who need help picking what they read next and people who need help deciding what to read next. Doesn't seem like there'd be a difference between those two things, but there definitely is. Trust us. So one group needs a source for recommendations. One group has enough recommendations in their TBR list to read for an eternity and they can't decide out of all the millions of titles. We're going to give advice for both kinds of people. My suggestion here is we call them lost readers. Those are the people who are just like, I have no idea. I have no recommendations. I don't even know where to look. And then overwhelmed readers. And those are the ones with the giant TBR piles. What do you think about this? Or maybe the first one could be like, want to be reading readers. I'm not sure. (laughs) I I like lost readers because it makes me think of lost boys. And it makes me think of all these um, readers living under a bridge and then like flying out at night. (laughs) Okay. I love this. So readers, you need to figure out, are you a lost reader? Are you a person who lives under a bridge, uh, who can't decide what you, (laughs) what you should read next because you literally don't know. Maybe you listen to this podcast, but you never write anything down. You can't figure it out. You finished a book and now you're just like, I literally have not one clue. Or are you an overwhelmed reader? Meaning you have 50 books you want to read next and you don't know which of the 50 you should choose. Or maybe 5,000. We're not here to judge. It's very true. So for those who need help picking out what to read next, the lost readers, the the, the lost boys and girls and babes and non-binary pals of the world, there's a ton of great ways to get some guidance to your reading. And again, no judgment. There are a lot of other readers like this. You know, it, it happens all the time. We actually get fan mail from folks constantly. We're like, I don't know what to read. So some great ideas are getting in a book club, uh, signing up for a monthly book subscription, uh, both easy ways to do that, get some guidance to your reading because it's already taken care of. Books are already chosen for you. Um, Finding a yearly reading challenge is also a big help for this. There's tons of them. We do one. Um, Our friends over at the Professional Book Nerds podcast do one. Book Riot does one. So then you have a list for the year of types of books that you should read. Also, asking your friends for a recommendation is always great. People love doing that. One of my favorite things in the world is when my friends are like, hey, what should I read next? We both have several friends who do that, actually. We have a friend who texts both of us when he wants to know what to read next. And he's like, hey, Mallory and Bria, what should I read? And we both give him recommendations, and we love it. 
Yeah, I love that. Also, I like to see what's coming out this week on websites like Gizmodo, Bustle, or Book Riot. Um, just seeing like what is new. That's always something fun. And I think you can always find good stuff there. And those kind of places always have like multiple. I mean, obviously Gizmodo, you're going to have far more like sci-fi. But Bustle has a lot of female writers. It has a lot of... Um, uh, uh, various kinds of books. The same with Book Riot. And also, look, your old pals over here at Reading Glasses have tons of recommendations. Uh, we're, we're ready. <laughs> your old pals are Reading Glasses. <laughs> we are ready. We have been giving out book recommendations all week. All week to people who've been joining for Maximum Fun. We're ready with the book recommendations. So you can always write oh, yeah. some of those down. Um, same with librarians. In fact, most libraries have a monthly book recommendation list to choose from if you just go to your library uh, website. And libraries Librarians, all they do is fucking read. They're around books all the time. <laughs> they have nothing but recommendations. They literally surround themselves with book recommendations for you. That is their entire I feel job. like a librarian is like Sonic the Hedgehog. Like if you bumped into a librarian, instead of a bunch of gold rings, like a bunch of book recommendations would tumble out. <laughs> and then if you like ran around, you would be able to catch them all. It's totally true. Um, oh yeah, I, to I, I totally agree with this. I actually love doing that with both, uh, my Libby app and Libra FM, um, every week, every Tuesday, I'll go and see what new audiobooks are out. Um, and I'll put them on my holds list or put them on my Libra FM wish list. I love doing that. Um, and for folks who need some TBR guidance, start putting books that look interesting on hold at the library. Speaking mm -hmm. of, as soon as they come in, bam, you've got your next read. You don't have to decide. It's just there. It's especially if you use the Libby app, like you just open it up and like, ta-da, beam of light comes down from the sky and your next read is there. No decisions involved. If you see, I don't know, your friends Mallory and Bria on a live stream or you see an advertisement or something, you just see a book that looks interesting, just put it on hold. And that's the magic of the library. It'll come up at some point and then you can read it. Yeah, and I love this because it actually gives people like, because with the lost readers and the overwhelmed readers choices to move forward. So like those who are completely unmoored, uh, not knowing what to read and then the overwhelmed, um, it gives both readers choices because people who are overwhelmed can just rely on those due dates and rely on what's coming up next. So it's a way for both people is that that library holds list. What Bria, what do we do for the other folks? Not the lost readers, the overwhelmed readers. If the lost readers are the lost boy vampires living under a bridge, the overwhelmed readers are goblins who live in a book cave full of books and they just don't truly don't know what to choose next. We've all been there. Um, yeah, it's like that character in Labyrinth, the lady who she meets in like the trash pile or whatever. Yes. And the lady, she won't leave all of her trash. She's like, I can't leave my trash. I can't leave my my. That's trinkets. how I felt during my recent move with all of my books. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, I can't leave my books behind. Um, uh, but I think there's a lot of folks out here who who relate to this. I, I assume that a lot of our listeners are, are overwhelmed readers. Because I think if you're a reader, it, it's tough because you're always feeling various types of pressure on your reading life. You know, there's mm -hmm. books that you feel like you should read books that are due at the library, maybe a book that someone let you borrow. Maybe there's so many amazing books in the world that you can't choose. And it's very easy to feel all that pressure and have your brain sort of freeze up and then you can't decide. And then it's a stressful thing and then you don't want to deal with it. And then you're probably just going to do something else like watch Queer Eye for the fifth time. Mm -hmm. We totally mm -hmm. get it. This, I think this happens to all of us. Um, and I think one of the best things you can do is just try to ask yourself if time didn't exist and there were none of these pressures, like what would you want to read? Yeah. Yeah. And are you happy when you're reading it? Like that means it's the book for you. Like go with your gut on this. If you are an overwhelmed reader, if you've read 15 YA books and you're like, I really got to break out of this YA book thing that I'm doing. But then you see that other that 16th YA book 
and it's calling your name and it's showing you a sexy shoulder <laughs> and it's like it's like don't worry, there's teen romance inside. Uh, look, sixteen YA books never hold, hurt a soul. Don't feel pressure. You should read the book that's going to make you happy. Yeah, it's it's definitely a real rock set. Listen to your heart situation. I wish we had the money <laughs> to license that song because uh, that's that's the that's what's listen playing in the background heart. as you're looking at your book. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what's playing while you're listening l- looking at your bookshelf. Um, you know, I think when people become adults or like get out of grad school, there's a lot of stifling going on when it comes to our reading lives. Like you just said, like you, this, and we hear from listeners all the time who are like, "Oh, you know, I'm really reading a lot of YA. I want to read something else." Like. Why? <laughs> you know, if you want to, if, if you're, if you are really happy reading a lot of YA right now, why stop? Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I'm going to give somebody, I'm going to give some specific advice here, though, if you are an overwhelmed reader, besides listen to your heart, which I think is always great. Like if you, if, if you're an overwhelmed reader, you should listen to your heart. But if you're looking for like something, something specific, I'm going to say, I think you should think about what the next week or two, however long it takes you to read a book, will look like. Think like that will, that always helps me. You got a busy couple of weeks coming up. Uh, are you going on? Va- <laughs> Maybe today's not the day to pull out Anna Karenina. Yeah, exactly. Uh, going on vacation. Don't get Anna Karenina too heavy, too heavy to carry on a plane. You're never going to read it. <laughs> but um, imagine yourself reading this book. And is this book, will it fit in with where you're going to be in the next few weeks? And how you want to see yourself. Like if you're like, I, I like thinking of myself as a person who like reads 16 YA books in a row. I like seeing myself, this is me, Bria speaking. I like seeing myself as a person who reads a lot of science fiction. That is something I enjoy about myself. So I'm never gonna hesitate to pick up that new science fiction book that just came on hold for, from the library. So doing some imagining about finishing that book and like, and and where you are and where what your brain can handle. Like if you're going through, you know, finals or something, d- don't try to pick up something very complicated. But if you, you know, you're like, I think I need something to like really test my brain. Like I've been wanting to read a lot of nonfiction just because I have multiple storylines going in my head for work stuff. So I'm like, oh, this is helpful. I pick out the thing that kind of fits into my lifestyle at the moment, which I think may help overwhelmed readers. Oh, I like the idea of like, ooh, lifestyle choices for your book. Well, it's a bit like a Marie Kondo thing, right? Where you like hold it up and you're like, does this bring me joy? Will it bring me joy? I, and like, I, I will be like, oh, yes, I want to be a person who finished this book that I've been wanting to read for a long time. Like that helps me to read to read that book. Um, I also I, I think another problem that overwhelmed reader have ha- overwhelmed readers have is with the buzzy books. Um, Mm. I think it's really easy to get wrapped up in buzzy new books or books like you feel like you should read for whatever reason. And then you get option paralysis. Um, But listeners, remember, buzzy new books come out every week. Every Tuesday, new books come out. Uh, And if a book's really buzzy and important and it's going to be a big, important book of the year, you can read it in six months and it's still going to be buzzy and important. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Um, I think the most important thing to think about is what you're in the mood for. You know, if like, like I said before, if none of these pressures existed, what if you got a book due at the library, but there's, other, there's this other book that you really, really want to read? Read it. You can return that other book. Sure, it might take a while to get it from the library again, but I really think that if you're wicked in the mood for a book, you should follow that feeling um, and, and stop thinking about what you should read. Um if there's like, oh, okay, there's this book that I've been meaning to get to for a while. And I, what's stronger, the obligation that you feel like you should read this book or this, or, or the desire you have to read another book. Like you said, listen to Roxette. She knows what's up. I think what you're trying to say too, is that 
<laughs> if you decide not to read the book right now, no one is going to come to your house and go, you can never read it. Like, like, like it's not yeah, going it's to happen. That book's always going to exist. No, they're not going to take it. It's not like books don't have an expiration date. Yeah, the author doesn't show up to your house and go, oh, no, no, you missed your shot here. Like the author, like this is not what's, this is not going to happen. You're not going to lose, miss your time out, miss your time. And I think, again, like Mallory said, listen to your heart. You're going to know when it's time, time to read that book. Um, yeah, there's no expiration date. This is not spoiled milk. We, we don't even have to worry about that. Yeah, you should be reading books on your schedule, not on publishing schedule. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Unless you're like a professional book reviewer. In that case, then that's your job. And that's not really what we're talking about this, here. Yeah, this is but not, it's, uh, you have a whole different category there. You're not an overwhelmed reader. You're, a, you're something else. No, you're a professional reader and you've got shit to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, listen, listen to Roxette. She knows how to read. Uh, send your, you can send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com before we talk about how we decide what we're going to read next. We're going to take a quick break. Bria, what does reading glasses mean to you? Wow. For me, it has been, it is, it is about meeting other bookish people, creating a bookish community, and, and people who are only kind of bookish, but just also think things are funny that we think things are funny. <laughs> and and finding a place to talk with people, with you and with guests about what I really love, which is books and reading. And honestly, like, I feel like reading glasses is even more than that for me at this point. I feel like we've transcended books and now have our own little world going of like, if you're a Bria or a Mallory and our own inside jokes and our own community and our own Sarah's, like, I feel like we've just like, <laughs> we've created like this whole world and it's kind of moved beyond just books for me at this point. How, what, how do you feel about it? So there's this very specific experience of being part of the Reading Glasses community, being a glasser, if you will. Um, Like, for for instance, uh, in the Reading Glasses Slack channel recently, somebody posted a TikTok where a reader was reading at the, it was like, oh, I'm reading, it was a little video of somebody who was like, oh, when you get to the really exciting part of a book and you don't want, and your eyes start to skip ahead, so you put your uh, hand (laughs) over the bottom of the page and... Immediately, me and a bunch of other glasses were like, oh, my God, I do that, too. (laughs) And to me, that is the heart of what reading glasses is, is this like amazing community of readers who support each other. And but they get to uh, connect and bond with each other over those like very specific parts of reader life that no one would ever think to talk about or no one's really sort of it's just like one of those weird things you're like wow I never talked to anybody else about that before but I totally do that all the time and it just makes you it's formed this incredible community of people who uh who just love to get nerdy about reading it's like my favorite thing in the world readers love to know how other people read and um and for reading glasses, it's created this incredible community of people who just, I feel like the, like the glassers know us better than some people, than a lot of other people do just because they like very much know our reading lives. Mm-hmm. And we get emails all the time from people who are like, oh my God, I want to tell you, I've never thought about my bookmark before, but now I want to tell you about it. I'm going to send in five paragraphs about my bookmark. And whenever we get emails, I'm like, yes, I want to know. And that is, that is the heart of reading glasses for me. And I love it. And right now is a time you can actually support reading glasses. You can support us. You can support Maximum Fun by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. And by the way, we're going to get to all our crazy stuff that we're doing in just a moment. But just so you know, just a reminder, 
You can give at many levels, $5, $10, $20 a month. Uh, You can also boost your membership. You can upgrade. Uh, In between levels, if there is a specific amount you'd prefer to give, you don't actually have to give at those levels. If you're like, I want to give $12, $12 a month, you can do that. And that counts as an upgrade. That that helps us out with our numbers. Um, So go to MaximumFun.org slash join. But Mallory... We got to talk about what we're doing for our goals. Y'all know we love goals. We love our own personal goals. We love making these things up. They're wild. Um, you know we love a checklist, folks. We love it. So we do We do our uh, goals based on new or upgrading members. So uh, Mallory, what are our goals this, this year for the Maximum Fund Drive for new upgrading members? If we reach... 250 new subscribers or upgrading subscribers, 250 lovely people who want to help us make the show every week. We are going to, as we did last year, we've, and we've already chosen it. It's very spicy. We've chosen an erotica novella and we are going to do a live erotica book club that was very popular last year. Last year we did the, the being neighborly, uh, by make a James (laughs) people love, we still get fan mail talking about the sexy neighbors. Remember there was the lady who was listening to it really loudly in her apartment, listening to us talk about it. (laughs) And her neighbor who she was dating was listening to it. Oh God. Oh yeah. (laughs) This year, uh, it is a very different, uh, very different pick, but it is just as spicy. It is going to be super fun. Uh, so that's 250 people. Priya, what are we? What happens if we reach 500? Okay, if we reach 500 people, 500 new or upgrading members. Our next goal is a readathon. Mallory, do you want to tell people what a readathon is? Yes, I've, I'm excited because I've never done one of these, and it's something that that classers actually request from us all the time. So a readathon is you pick a day, probably normally a Saturday or a Sunday, and you just you, you read all day. And you and Bria and I will be doing Instagram lives from our respective reading nooks during the day. Uh, we're gonna create a hashtag for it so you can post the book that you're reading or if you're really ambitious, maybe the books that you're reading. Bria mm-hmm. and I will be talking about the books that we've chose. And it's a, an amazing excuse to just take the entire day and see if you can it it's a readathon. Mm-hmm. You know, you can wear a sweatband if you want, get oh, a wow. cliff bar and some Gatorade. <laughs> you know, really just reading as hard as you can. Uh, I will be, yeah, I, I I, will, I don't know where I'll be in my house. Maybe I'll be on my deck. But the goal is to just read all day, read as long as you can. And uh, Bria and I will be there with you on Instagram Live doing periodic updates about what we're drinking and what we're snacking on and how, how the readathon is going. It's going to be a really fun event. We're really excited to do it. What are our other goals? What are our, ne- <laughs> our upcoming goals? If we reach 750 new or upgrading members, this is a lot. This is about how many we got last year, right? We got a little bit more than that last year. But yeah. 750, mm-hmm. this is something we've been talking about on the show for a while. What are we going to do? We're going to read an Amish romance novel. <laughs> And even better, we're going to let you pick it. Yes, you, Reading Glasses listener, you get to vote on which Amish Amish romance novel we read. We will do an episode on it. We will do a live event about it. We are very excited. We keep getting fan mail about Amish romances and how much people love them. And we are ready to grab our reaper in our bonnets and (laughs) get some mules and some old, I don't know, what do they ride? (laughs) Carriages. Carriages. There we go. Wow. Some, We're very excited. Some very, very um, prudish Amish, Amish romance. <laughs> but Bria, now we're, okay, if you thought that was ridiculous, <laughs> strap the fuck in. All right. So, Bria, what are we doing at 900 new subscribers? 900 new or upgrading subscribers. We have decided to do, we know y'all love the snacking. So we want to do a live 
finger testing. We have no good name for this. We got to come up with a better name. Snack we need to come up with a snappier name. Event. <laughs> the plan is to get a bunch of chocolate, sit in front of a heater. I'm going to turn on my space heater, and we're going to test things live on Instagram, see what chocolate can withstand sitting in front of heater and reading a book. I'm going to dirty up a book. Mallory's going to get some Cheetos, dirty up up a book with some Cheetos. We will handle the chocolate side. I'm going to handle the snack side. Mm -hmm. We are going to live on Instagram with a a, a book that is like an advanced review copy that we were going to recycle anyways. We are going to test to see... The ultimate, um, see how many fingers, how many chocolate covered fingers all of these snacks get. We are going in live. You will be able to see our fingers and how much residue they leave on a page. We are going in an ultimate snack showdown. Mm-hmm. So the, the finger residue snack showdown. We are not going to be using those weird finger covers that we got. This is no. raw, raw fingers. and uncut. Raw, raw. <laughs> Raw fingers. <laughs> Maybe it's the raw finger event. Um, and Mallory, last we have we have a couple more stretch goals, but we one we want to announce, which is a thousand people. If we get a thousand people new or upgrading members, which we've never done before, we've never gotten that many new or upgrading members. But folks, you can help us tip us over this year, and and if you do so, we will reward you with one of the things that has been the most requested for years on reading glasses is we will do a a quarterly anticipated books episode yes so what we're we'll be doing is because people write in all the time and they're like i there are no there's no great resource for knowing what books are going to come out i want to put um books on my library holds list or i want to pre-order them and like you know there's certain some places have different newsletters some libraries have things but there's no great central place for what books are going to come out so every 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 few months brie and i will put a massive list together of all the books that are coming out that that next season um that we're excited about and we're gonna do an episode about them Mm -hmm. and so you can you can you can pre-order them you can put them on your library holds list you can put them on your goodreads list you can put them on your tbr we are going to to help you anticipate the the next season of books we're so excited about it that's a thousand people with a thousand more newer upgrading members that would be amazing for us mallory and i would really appreciate it we would really love to have that additional amount of cash flow uh for those of us who work you're entirely independent in our jobs so that would be amazing we're ready to do it um we also have a super secret stretch goal well it's not a secret anymore we're gonna tell them we gotta tell them it is the most ridiculous thing that we've ever done uh so and there's some backstory so and if in this it's a crossover stretch goal with another show that we love. And we know that you love uh, the, 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 the hosts of the show have been on reading classes. One of them has been on multiple times. Um, and it, it's going to be a crossover goal for us. It's going to be a goal for them, goal for us. Um, and it f- folds into what we've been doing. You know, I read the Bible last year. And we we all got that stretch goal where I had to watch Veggie Tales, which was very stressful for me. I'm still not over watching all those cucumbers <laughs> um <laughs> but something that uh our friends over at oh no ross and carrie our friends ross ross blotcher and carrie poppy uh they went to exorcism school and they got certified if you if you listen to oh no ross and carrie they got certified as exorcists so uh, if we reach 1200 1200 reading glasses subscribers new or upgrading 1,200 wonderful people who want to help us feed our cats and feed ourselves and make the show. Ross and Carrie are going to give me an exorcism. 
Mallory texted me and I was like, this is, this is a wild idea, but I am for it. <laughs> so Mallory <laughs> will get an exorcism. Obviously, we'll put it on the show. Um, this is going to be, if you would like to see this happen, you got to join. You got to upgrade. This is a lot of people for us. This is a huge stretch goal for us, but we're willing to do it. And I think it would be wildly entertaining. I was well. I was listening to Ono, Ross, and Carrie, and so they're at the final episode of their exorcism school series. They know they, they they know how they are certified as exorcists, but they've never gotten to do an exorcism. And I texted Ross, and I was like, Ross, I have a really wild idea, um, but I am a perfect candidate. I've never been baptized. Right. I have really bad insomnia, which you know I've never really totally cured. So the jury's out. It could be a demon. Could be a demon. Could be a demon. Could be a, could demon. Be a demon inside yeah. of me. Yeah. So it will be a big, big, ridiculous live event. It will, of course, be uh, shared on both podcasts. We love Ross and Carrie. We love their show. And if you want to see me get an exorcism live, uh, please, right now, head to MaximumFun.org slash join. And so that's the thing about the, the drive is it's happening right now as you are listening to it. And mm. it only runs for two weeks. Yeah, that's it's already it. been going it's a week. Like it's already been going since Monday. So we, we I, I only get go one uh, more week from today. I, I'm also the kind of person who's like, oh, I'm going to put that on a list and get back to it. Like, no, this is that you got to you got to sign up now. Now is the time, especially if you want to get all the amazing gifts, you know, ex- access to the Slack channel, the pin, um, all in. Priya, we didn't even talk about the bonus content. Oh, yeah. Boco. Don't forget about Boco. <laughs> We've done a ton of bonus episodes. Last year, we did a big book confessional. This year, we talked about all of the books that really got us through the pandemic. So that's that's the cool thing is that if you sign up, even at the $5 level to support us every month, you get all you get all of the bonus episodes that we've ever recorded. So you get hours and hours of extra reading classes that are only available to Maximum Fund subscribers. And you also help us get to all these ridiculous goals. You help us help me possibly get my demons exercised <laughs> by my friends, my, my friends, Ross and Gary. Uh, we are really excited to reach these goals. We, we're so excited. It's, it's just fun, fun stuff that's going to be going all year long after we're, after the drive with the quarterly anticipated books episode, the Amish romance uh, book club. There's just lots of fun stuff. If you if you love this show and you want to support us for not that much money, remember we put the show out every week and this is a monthly payment. So for every monthly payment, you are helping make four reading glasses episodes. Right. That's a lot. And it really means the world to us. So uh, you can head to MaximumFun.org slash join right now for gifts, for goals, for events, for me getting my demons removed. <laughs> MaximumFun.org slash join. Classes. <laughs> and we're back. Okay, so we've been giving out advice on how to decide what to read next, but how do we personally, as Bria and Mallory of Reading Glasses, choose? Bria, do you have a system for deciding what you're going to read next? Library due dates, baby. Those library due dates <laughs> uh, really, really help me in my life. I put stuff on hold, so a lot of times stuff comes up. Or I just, you know, I borrow something that's that's available at the library, and I'm like, oh, no, it's been three weeks, and I only have three days to read this book. I guess this is what I'm reading next and turning off my Kindle so it doesn't get returned. Um, so I this that is basically my whole system. As people know, I have multiple wish lists going. I pull from both, but it's those due dates that really keep me honest. Um, <laughs> it, 
It does end up being a problem for me, I'll be the first to admit, because it means like arcs or physical books that um, people give me or uh, that I buy often get pushed to the back um, and they go live in that TBR pile that like I never even fucking look at um, <laughs> because there's a book due back at the library in like two days. And so that kind of takes priority. Um, but I've tried to make myself be more aware about the books staring me at the face uh, that, that have arrived at my house um, because... It's awesome, and I should read those books because we're special book podcasters who get arcs and things like that. Or I pre-ordered them because I really wanted to read it. Um, Or even an e-copy because there's no due date on it. I'm like, oh, no, there's no time here, so I never have to read it. There's a book I bought, and I'm like, I bought this book. Why have I not read it? And it's like, oh, like on my Kindle, it's like, oh, because it's not due back in a week, so I don't have to think about it. But um, (laughs) basically my rule is if it's due more, if I don't have anything due within a week, I will try to read something else. Um, uh, So that's kind of like the beginning of my system. I have an elaborate system, but that is sort of like, it's those, it's those due dates. Those due dates really uh, help me, help me get organized, which I appreciate. Live and die by the library due date. If the library is like, you can have these forever, I'd be like, oh God, I'm can't, I can't handle it. Be too much freedom. I can't handle it. I prefer, I prefer to be Yeah, you You kind of like that. You like a required reading. Oh, I love required reading. I love rules and regulations. Um, I, I love it. I have to set them up for myself. Uh, and I have to, oh, it's because we're both uh, upholders. Like, I love a rule. So, like, that helps me to, like, organize my life when there are rules. And library due dates help that quite a bit. It's um, funny because I'm kind of the opposite with time. Like, because I'm a, well, the funniest thing is I am a, an extremely fast reader unless I'm being timed. And then I start to panic. Yeah. I hate being timed with anything because I get really anxious and start thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm not going fast enough. Oh, God, oh, God. And um, so yes. I uh, someti- sometimes uh, holds... And and, and or sometimes due dates and uh, timelines and deadlines with my reading make me stressed out. How about standardized tests? How did you do on those as a child, as a teen? I did very well on them because I'm very good at memorizing things, um, mm. but I was very stressed out the entire time. My little sweaty hands holding my number two pencil, very mm-hmm. stressed out. Mm-hmm. All right, well, tell us about your... Uh, your system. Do you have a system on what to read next? I And obviously, we're just assuming you and I are both overwhelmed readers, uh, lost we readers. Are. We are not. Yes. But no, if you no, are. No, we don't no live under deal. a bridge. We live in the cave. Yeah. Um, so I definitely take time into account, you know, as, in library due dates. I am a heavy library reader, as are you. Um, and it's funny. It seems really simple, but the way I decide what to read next is just what looks good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny. It's taken a long time to cultivate that level of um, TBR nirvana. Um, but <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a new release book or a book I've been meaning to get to for a while. It's always just totally what I'm in the mood for. Um, one, I think it helps a lot that I shelve all of my books together, whether they're books I just bought or books I've already read or all, all my books go together um, genre-wise. So it's not like I have like a TBR pile off to the side staring me in the face. Um, my only hard rule is that I usually choose something that's a different genre from the last book I've read. Um, I think this helps prevent book hangovers because it kind of gets me out of the headspace mm. of whatever last book I read. Um, you know, reading something really different prevents me from comparing it to the last book. Um, and sometimes if I'm having a tough time deciding what to read next, making sure it's a different genre can be helpful because it just gives me one parameter that guides, yeah. guides my choice and sends me to a different section of my T- TBR. I think sometimes, um, at least for me, if I have like too many parameters, it, it's stressful because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to find a book that fits all of these. But if I can just have like one thing, like, okay, just pick a different genre. That's all I need. Just like one little guide. And that is really, really helpful to me. Um, what about you? 
Well, well, I was going to bring up, we, we, you and I have talked about this before, but the TBR list, the physical TBR books next to your bed is often a dangerous thing for us overwhelmed readers because the, the physical TBR bed shelf uh, starts to it's feel... Like an, Bria, it's like a fucking nature documentary because I think what happens is after, <laughs> I'm going to say, five to seven days, yeah. that TBR pile next to your bed ha- has become a chameleon. It's become like one of those little lizards with David Attenborough narrating over it and it's just completely melded into the background. Ugh. And your brain gets so used to seeing that stack of books next to your bed that to your brain, it's just like a lamp or a candle mm-hmm. or it's just, it is blended into the environment of your bedside table and it's not, you, you don't notice it anymore. It's not sexy anymore. It's not sexy anymore. You don't look at it and get excited. It's like, you know, you've seen it sit there for too long. It collected dust. It's your husband that you've been married to for 40 yeah, years. He's, you've watched him brush his teeth. You see him sit on the toilet. Like, you don't want to, you don't want to, oh, you don't want to read that book. Uh, <laughs> um, Imagine opening the ba- your bathroom door and there's a book sitting on your toilet. So overwhelmed readers, I mean, I think a little bit of advice we want to give you is if you have that TBR, that TBR pile in a place where you can see it every single day and it's become a lamp, uh, you need to move it. You need to get it out, move it so you can get excited about it again. Yeah, move it somewhere where it's not in in your space or something so you don't see it all the time because otherwise, yes, it has just become a pillow. Like it has become a place where you put a cup because it's it's hard to get excited about those (laughs) books. Um, Okay, back to our systems. My other system is like you, uh, you toggle between genres. I toggle between old and new because otherwise I'll be like, I just want to read books from this year. I want to be 2021 books. Um, and I always regret that. Um, and uh, like, especially, and this is just a problem with reading new books is there'll be a lot of buzz about a book and then you like never hear about it again. And it's because it was only okay. There was like some buzz about it, but it wasn't like the greatest book Ever. And so I, I'll read it and be like, why did I read that instead of this one that's been on my list forever that's all tried and true and people loved it, have been loving it for a while. So that can be like, or a you'll get dangerous. caught up in all the buzz and you'll be like, you'll get it and you'll be all excited and you get like a few chapters in and you're like, why am I even reading this? This is none of this stuff is in my wheelhouse. Like I just started reading this because it was really buzzy. Totally. It's totally true. So I'll try to toggle between old and new. Genre, I'm less specific about because if I'm like, I just read a good sci-fi time travel book. And, oh, this is a sci-fi space book. I'm reading it. Like, it doesn't, that doesn't bother me. <laughs> I don't think twice about, like, reading two sci-fi books in a row. Um, although I try to always have, like, one nonfiction going, like either ebook or um, or physical book or um, just, just some sort of in- nonfiction or a book of poetry or something that I can, like, always read outside of my I do that with, with audiobooks. Yeah. With audiobook nonfiction from the library, I, like, always have one going in the background. And you have a quirk that you've gotten over. Yes, like I said, it's t- I, I feel like I've reached a very nice state of of uh, TBR mindfulness because mm-hmm. um, I used to do this weird thing and listeners, please write in if you, you do this too, where if I would get a book that I really wanted to read, I would save it mm-hmm. like for a rainy day, which is <laughs> stupid because we live in Southern California and it doesn't ever rain. <laughs> um, and I don't know why I did that. Uh, I would just like save it for like, oh, the perfect moment. Like I... I think it was the sort of thing when someone gives you stickers and it takes you forever to use them because there's too much pressure because you want to stick it onto the perfect thing so you never end up using it. I think I was putting pressure on myself to read the book at like, ooh, I'm going to read it at the perfect time. But often by the time that like perfect moment arrived, I'd want to read something else. You know, when you're an adult with a lot of stickers 
and you're trying to decide. <laughs> Shout out to all the other adults who somehow have acquired a large drawer full of stickers like I have. I do have a bunch of Lisa Frank stickers from a um, baby shower I threw. But I do nice. not think twice about. I think when I was a kid, I did always, I would always save the stickers. And I always would save the best thing on my plate to eat last. Like, I, I would yeah. always be like, ooh. There's this weird thing about saving this thing. And, like, a book would come out and I'd be like, oh, I'm so excited to read this thing. And then I would, like, save it. Like, it was, like, a little treat. And then by the time, like, I don't know, the weekend rolled around or, like, vacation rolled around, I would be in the mood for something else. And then that book would get forgotten for a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now I just try to read, I, like, it's like TBR mindfulness. It's like when I try to read whatever looks best to me, whenever it looks good to me, mm-hmm. you know, I don't wait because you never books, reading a book is such a subjective experience and it changes all the time. You know, we did an episode last year about rereading because, you know, so much of the reading experience is you reading it. It's yeah. the book being filtered through you. And it's also at that particular time, what you're feeling. Um, I, uh, Every year on my birthday, my favorite thing to do is to read one book, just like read a whole book on my birthday. And looking back, there's a lot of books that I'm like, oh, I really love that book. And I realized a lot of it was just because I got to read it on that day Mm. and I had all the time to do it and I felt like reading it. Um, So I think uh, you just have to, uh, when you're really in the mood for something, just fucking read it. Don't wait. Question, did you save a book did you save it for your birthday? Did you save like a specific I used to book? Do, I, I used to do that. And there were a couple of times when I was reading a uh, this back in, way back in like 2014, the book that I read for my birthday. I didn't really like it because oh. I'd been saving it. And then I was like, I'm totally not in the mood for this today. And now like on my, on the day of my birthday, I just pick one book that looks really good to me and just read. The, it's like, it's like the, the, the. I don't want to say sinful because reading a book is not sinful, but it's like that feeling of like, ooh, I've got a whole pint of ice cream and I'm going to eat it all fucking right now. Mm-hmm. And this one moment and it's amazing. I just, I really think that, like I said in the last section, so much of us have been taught to stifle our reading from school or grad school or whatever. And there's all these like weird social pressures of like what you should be reading, what you should be doing, blah, blah, blah. Um, that we've, we've lost the ability to connect with what we really want. (laughs) (laughs) We've lost, we have to start listening to that, uh, that reader voice again, that like little kid that was just like, Ooh, this looks good. I'm going to read it right now. And I've been trying for years to get back to that. And I'm still, and that's, uh, I think I'm getting there and that's sort of what my reading life looks like. That's why I don't have a, I don't keep a TBR mm-hmm. next to my bed. I don't keep anything because I'm just like, oh, what do I want to read? I just finished a book last night, picking out a new one. What do I want to read now? Different genre. Boom, this looks good. And it, it's, I think it's pretty successful. I would totally recommend to all the overwhelmed readers out there, to all the overwhelmed reading goblins who have scrolls and scrolls of a TBR, uh, just try it. Try to just sort of uh, live in the live in the book moment. My dad used to say this thing when I was a kid because I had trouble making decisions. Uh, I've always struggled with making firm decisions. Uh, uh, Buying a plane ticket for me is a a true nightmare. He'd always say this thing where he'd say, uh, make a decision and murder the alternatives, which is so dark. Well, and now you know where I get it from. Uh, uh, But it is sort of a helpful thing. Like, And once you've made that choice... Read that book until you're like, I'm not going to read this book anymore. And we also encourage you to obviously put it down. But once you dump a book, if you don't like it, dump a book. But if you're going to read the book, you know, you've made that decision, like commit to that book for, you know, 10 pages. So, you know, that that's whether or not you're going to read it. And then, you know, you can move on. You can always move on. 
I'm imagining your dad looking at a bunch of books, picking one up and then throwing the rest in the garbage. Literally <laughs> catching the rest on fire. <laughs> just throwing them right into the fireplace. Mm-hmm. That I, I love that though. But yeah, it's just, um, I think a lot of us, for for fellow overwhelmed readers, if you're like Brianna and I and you have a, you know, a TBR that's thousands of books long, you get backed up so much and all these, all these ideas of, oh, I have all these things to read and I've been meaning to read this for a while. And, ooh, a lot of people are talking about this book. Like, just put that out of your brain and really mm-hmm. look at, like, what do I, I fucking feel like reading right now? Mm-hmm. If all these pressures were gone, if time wasn't an issue, if buzz wasn't an issue, if social media wasn't an issue, what would I really want to read right now? And that's what you got to connect with. And um, for Bria, it's normally a book about a woman in space. <laughs> and that's fine. You want to read 15 space books in a row? That's okay. Listen, she's on a journey, a woman on a journey. It, ju- <laughs> it doesn't matter where the journey is. The journey changes book to book, but she's always on a goddamn journey. <laughs> <laughs> now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Merle writes in, So I want to ask for some advice on dealing with a particular brand of trash baby that I've always referred to as a literary asshole. (laughs) Literary assholes are people who only want to read quote unquote important books, usually those who have been deemed classics or have to be dark and poetic and existential. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be a trash baby myself and judge these peeps for what they want to read. And I've read and enjoyed a lot of those quote unquote important books. My issue is that literary assholes judge others for reading anything fluffy or unimportant i.e. anything outside of the genres or authors they personally would choose to read. We would call these, on reading glasses, book snoots. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been talking to a guy via text and chats, and we haven't met in per- person yet because of COVID. We initially clicked because we're both avid readers, but he slowly revealed himself to be a literary asshole. Examples. Bria, you want to read these examples? Mm-hmm. Here's some examples. I offered him some good book recs, and he said he'd love some. I specifically told him that one of the books on the list I gave him was one of my all-time faves. And I'm paraphrasing here, but his response was essentially... That has a stupid title, but I guess it sounds interesting. Okay. Um, I And then uh, also said, uh, also, I read a decent amount of fantasy fiction, and I brought that up in addition to my love for D&D, and he said, I see you're a nerd. I thought he was being nice, nice slash jokey. I generally think the word nerd is a po- with a positive connotation. But when I jokingly responded, takes one to know one, he got defensive and said, I'm not a nerd. I'm artsy. So was he trying to insult me by calling me a nerd? <laughs> Ugh. So uh, Merle continues, there there are more examples, but those are really the two that stick out. We've only talked in text, so I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt at first, but it can be easy because it can be easy to misinterpret what someone means in a text. This is true. Uh, it's now gotten to the point where I don't really think I want to talk to him anymore, but I don't want to just ghost him. I don't want to be mean, but how can I let this guy know that, that his literary assholery is a huge turnoff? Also, I love the podcast and y'all are the best. Bria... What does Merle do with this book, Snoot? Wow, I'm really invested in this relationship now when I would like to see (laughs) the full transcripts of the text because I'm nosy, but I also, I need context. There's a lot of stuff happening here. To me, this sounds like he's nagging you a little bit. Um... Remember negging? Do you remember the game? Oh, I oh I sure do. I've been negged many a time. There's many men who still think that me- negging and people, not just men, uh, they, they think that that negging is like an okay thing where you insult someone and they're like, oh, I feel bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't mind being called a nerd. I would embrace it. But if this is really early in your dating, I'm just gonna give some dating advice, okay? If this is early in your dating timeline, either A, he is insecure and thinks this will make him look cool, or B. 
he is insecure and he thinks this will make you insecure so he can feel superior. Either way, there's some insecurity happening here. I don't know about his book taste or whatever, but I just think he does not sound nice. And nice is the bare minimum. So my advice here, (laughs) I don't know. Like, I feel like what Meryl left out is that like, this guy also sent her a list of books that he liked and they were all Confederacy of Dunces and like... (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. This guy was like, "Listen, I, I don't, let's talk about War and Peace, a real novel." Yeah, he was like, "If it's not Anna Karenina, I'm not excited." Um, I, I just think that what, whatever. I mean, for me, I look life. Life is a little too short for this. Uh, there's entirely too many people yes. out there who are cool. Um, and again. Y'all. There's some sexy guy playing D&D right now yes. who is made for Merle. Yeah. I, uh, but Merle, yeah, Merle, there, there's a lot of nerdy fish in the sea. A lot of nerdy fish in the sea. Um, uh, I just, again, I'm just going to repeat this. Nice is the bare minimum. People should, when people are like, oh, he's real nice. I'm like, so? Every, nice, it should be a given. We don't want to date someone mean. <laughs> um, Merle. Nice is what you say about a box of, of like, soft tissues that you bought like nice is truly (laughs) it's a low bar to jump over i like those pants those are nice like yeah this is not something a quality yes and and this guy is not even he's not even nice not even nice um oh but her question was actually like how do i tell him Yes, that was her question, not yeah. should I date well, him. I can, I can, I can, okay, you answer that because I'm just like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't dated in a long time, but I'm like, you can just exit this, exit stage left quickly as possible. And I don't know. Press escape, press escape. I don't think you, like, yeah, jump in that escape pod and shoot to another planet. I don't think you even have to <laughs> explain to someone why you don't like them if they're not nice. Like, they're not going to listen anyway. I don't think if you were like, hey, what you said is kind of, like, hurtful and stuff, so, like, maybe don't do that in the future. This person, I don't think, is ready to hear that, personally. That's that's my opinion. Look, I, I want to give old, old book snoot McGee, whatever his name is, the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's, you know, just insecure and wants to impress. Polishing his monocle somewhere. He wants to impress Meryl, but, like, Meryl, it's not, you don't have to, you don't have to deal with this. This is, this is a, this is a, this person is not your long-term friend where you should sit them down and be like, hey, maybe don't say that. But, you know, Mallory, do you have some advice for this? You've, you've dated more recently than I have. Yes. Uh, well, I will say, yes, Meryl, don't fucking date this guy. Don't date a book snoot. Um, I agree with Bria. You can just stop, stop talking to him. He's not worth your time. And you haven't even met him yet. You haven't even met him. Um, but I, I do say, like, I, I, I get it. When you, were, when you were a reader and you're dating, you know, you, you're going to be bumping into a lot of people who read other things, who don't read at all. You know, there's um, there, there, a lot of people are like, oh, I, I, and, I, and I am one of them. I, I, I you know, I look for I, I, people with shared interests and it's nice to find someone who reads. Jeremy and I are basically the same person. Uh, we like we had so many doubles of all the books that we we had when we moved in together that like it was like five boxes worth of books that were the same. And I get it. You know, you, you want to do that. And that I don't think for all the and I'm sure many of our listeners will co- corroborate. You don't need to date someone who reads. You don't need to date someone who reads the same things. It can be nice, but it's not needed. Um, that being said, you know, when you were a reader, especially if you're a genre reader, you know, if you're a romance reader or you are a fantasy sci-fi reader or a horror reader, like whatever, you often bump up against book snoots and you're forced to figure out a way to interact with them. And it's never fun. Um, 
And it, you know, a little background, you know, I'm sure they've picked it up from some shitty college professor who didn't think genre books were worth anything or like just the greater literary world. You know, that we, we see, we, we talk about it on the show all the time. There's so many different, um, uh, uh, examples of the world being snooty towards towards certain genres of books, not thinking them as important or or worthy of reading or worthy of study or worthy of criticism or whatever the fuck. Um, there's many things out in the world to support this guy. So I will try to be as nice as I can. And like, maybe this is, he's just not book woke, you know, <laughs> he's just not, a, you know, he's just not aware. Uh, he's just not, not, a, not, a, not a person who's aware of um, how these opinions are, how the, how the like greater literary world is affecting him. Like, okay. Uh, you know, he, maybe he just thinks it's a fact and some it's, you know, a lot of college professors teach it as a fact that some genres of books are elevated above others. You know, we, we, we know that to be absolutely fucking bullshit. Um, so my advice for this, whenever this happens, um, and I actually, Merle, don't think you should take this advice. I think you can just stop talking to this guy. He's not, he's just not worth your time. You know, we're all going to fucking die someday. Like you don't need to spend your time exp- like, kindly explaining yeah, to this person to explain the reasons why i mean i think people are gonna be mad if we're like just ghost him but i and i think it's easier said than done so I, and, All, and it's rude uh, yeah I and i get it yeah so i think well but you don't have to ghost him you can merle can just say hey you know I, it's been fun talking to you but i just i'm not feeling a connection here like yeah. have a nice day there's no reason to lie and, then, and, and there's then no unmatch. reason to go into detail do not go yeah, into detail you don't owe an you yeah. do not owe him an explanation. That being said, my favorite strategy um, when people are book snoots, whenever this happens to me, it's happened frequently, especially I am, uh, uh, you know, I both Bri and I work in the horror world a lot. Uh, I just sort of give them a blank stare and I'm, I ask them to explain themselves. This is my favorite thing to do in any situation. Whenever anybody says something weird about anything, um, you know, because I'm just like, oh, why do you think that? Oh, that's that's interesting. Why 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 do you say that? Because um, I'm it's completely non confrontational and just very pretend you're very curious. I fucking hate confrontation. Bria knows this. I would rather jump into a lake than confront anybody. Um, so often I think when someone has to actually articulate their snootery, especially to the face of another person, it falls to pieces and they look like a butthole and they realize that they look like a butthole. <laughs> um, you know, I, I told that story. I, I told the story recently on the show where some guy was I was trying to enjoy my meal and drink at a bar alone and some guy came over and started talking about how he only likes sci-fi that has transcended the genre and i was like oh so what what did that what what does that mean you think like explain that to me and he completely started tripping his own over his own words. Oh, especially my when he fear saw that I was they re- would explain it to me and I'd have to listen to it. And I'm like, I'm not interested in this conversation. Like, don't explain this to me. <laughs> um, well, no, I, I've often found that most people, they, they just sort of absorb these beliefs. And mm-hmm. when they actually have to confront them and poke and like actually articulate them, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, wait, like, and that's exactly what happened with this guy. I was, cause I, especially cause I was sitting there in like my creature from the black lagoon shirt reading doom patrol. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Oh, so what does that mean for other sci-fi? And he was just like, Oh, well he just like, couldn't, he had absorbed all of this like cultural bias, but had never examined it critically in his entire life. And had never really re- thought about it before. And as soon as he had to actually explain it, it completely fell apart and he looked like an idiot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so because remember Merle it's not your job to educate somebody else you know you could spend an hour of your time typing up a long essay length text about why genre is important why it's actually totally made up and there are no books that are better or 
no book genres that are elevated about other genres, but you don't have to. That's an hour of your time that you could be in the bathtub eating a snack. Like you don't, it's just a waste. So it's, it's totally okay to be like, wow, interesting. And then walk away. Just link him, you know, send him a link to like our book snoot episode or this episode. (laughs) 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 And, uh, yeah, Merle, we will tell, we'll do it. Merle, we'll do it for you. Guy on whatever dating website, you're a book snoot. You got to figure it out. Unmatch with Merle. Yeah, I think there's just other people out there in the world. Let's, Merle, let's he doesn't get, deserve you. Let's not get. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. I think the the simple the simple walk away with a with a brief explanation is best. Yeah, and so for 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 any other listeners that are dealing with this or just dealing with book snoots in general, I think the best way to you don't have to you don't have to confront them. You don't owe them any of your time. If you're stuck in a situation where you're forced to interact with them, like I said, sometimes it's great to just be like, "Oh, why do you think that?" and and uh, let them do the, all the work for you. You don't have to put effort into these people. And also, it should go without saying, but I'm going to say, of course, no genre is better than another genre. Sci-fi and fantasy and romance are some are like they they are pro- maybe even more important right now. You know, they're so so important to people. There's no type of genre that's that's culturally more significant than anything else. Don't let the book snoots get you down. So if you want us to solve your literary problem uh, or maybe recommend uh, uh, books for you, maybe recommend uh, You want us to solve for, your dating uh, problem. <laughs> I'm tot- I love when people send us their book dating problems. <laughs> Please send us your reader dating pl- problems. Folks, we are here for you. MaximumFun.org slash join. MaximumFun.org slash join. We're doing this long distance. It's too hard. One of us. MaximumFun.org slash join. One of us. One of us. One of us. Hey, folks, you. Yes, you. You person listening to this are the biggest reason we are able to make reading glasses every single week. Yeah, the support we received from last year's Maximum Fun Drive has been a huge part of us both making it through the pandemic despite everything being canceled. Most, it, I couldn't do 90% of my jobs um, except for yep. this one during the pandemic. Um, and we were able to give Sean a raise last year because of what we made on Maximum, made through the Fun you Drive. You listener, all of our, like all of our wonderful subscribers made it possible for us to give Sean a raise. Yeah, it was huge. And we, you know what? We'd love to give him another one. Yeah. Uh, and if you uh, if you missed the drive last year and you love reading glasses, now is your chance. Just now for one more week, starting today, the Maximum Fun Drive is happening. It only happens once a year. We only annoy you like this once a year. We don't even talk about it the rest of the year. We don't bring it up. It's just something that happens once a year and then we just let it go. And so it is the best time to sign up to help us reach those goals, to help us, you know, start reading Amish romance, to help Mallory get an exorcism, to get cute pens, to get your own personalized recommendation. All of that only happens right now. join the Slack channel. Join that Slack channel. It all only happens right now if you sign up or upgrade your membership. And that's MaximumFun.org slash join. MaximumFun.org slash join. Classes. Slash join. The glasses part doesn't have anything to do with it, but we just have to say classes. classes. Okay. (laughs) Hey, folks. Bree and I are doing another special live event tonight. That's right. Tonight, the night that you are listening to this podcast, Thursday night, Thursday night, May 6th at 6 p.m. Pacific time on our Instagram live, our Instagram, which is just Reading Glasses Podcast. Very easy to remember. We are giving out book recommendations live for all folks who are signing up to be new members of Maximum Fun, folks that are upgrading their memberships to Maximum Fun. And all you got to do to join in 
All you got to do to join in is either sign up or upgrade your membership and send your proof of membership to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. And let us know what your wheelhouse is. And we'll give you a personalized book recommendation. You'll be getting at least two book recs, probably more, because you're getting one from each from Bria and I. And knowing us, we, we like to do more than that sometimes. But even if you aren't joining, you can go watch us give book recommendations live. So that is tonight, Thursday, May 6th at 6 p.m. on our Instagram live. That's 6 p.m. Pacific time. You know we both live in California. And watch us give uh, Book Rex live. We love doing it. It's a ton of fun. And it's going to be a blast.